Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we talk to leaders on how they grow their people themselves and how they grow their revenue. And one of the ways to do that is this newfangled thing called podcast. Maybe you'll catch on. I'm not sure. But today I'm joined by Roger Nairn. Did I pronounce it right? You nailed it. The head honcho, the co-founder at Jar Audio. Roger, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. So as we start, you, you've got a ton of clients. So we're originally, we were using uh, Zencaster as our recording platform. And uh, I do a lot of traveling and you need a laptop for Zencaster. So I'm going to Zoom. What are the pluses and minuses? <laughs> you know, honestly, there's a number of different services you can use these days. We happen to use Riverside quite a bit. Right. I'll, I'll say that the, the, the biggest um, advantage and disadvantage to to each is sort of how how stable they are, how uh, well they they um, manage the sort of background recording and and mm-hmm. capture. Um, but in our case, you know, we're an agency, so we have clients, and and um, you know, depending on the recording, we can have multiple amounts of those clients that are listening into the actual interviews that we're doing, and different programs like in the case of Riverside allow us to sort of. Um, segment the different levels of clients that will be in those interviews. You know, some clients want to just listen in, some want to actually help us direct the interview. And so we can actually put them into different rooms that allow them the the flexibility of participation. Brilliant. And uh, (laughs) what I found Zencast is a really good platform, high quality video Mm -hmm. and high quality audio, but uh, traveling with a backpack, you know, iPad and iPhone are uh, easy to do. Once you've got a totally. laptop and a big mic like this kicking around, yep. then all of a sudden you're adding a bunch of pounds. Fair enough. Yep, for sure. But ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, it's the, uh, the value of the information we get from our guests mm-hmm. is like critical. And yeah. I'm hoping that will overshadow any shortcomings. Like the audio can't be bad and mm-hmm. the video can't be bad. But what's good enough, I guess, is the question. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when we produce a podcast on behalf of our clients, we're we're we zero in on on who that audience is, what do they need, uh, what sort of value are they looking for from the podcast? So, do they need a laugh? Do they need to learn something? Do they need to be educated on something? Do they need to perhaps hear both sides of an argument? Um, if as long as we're delivering on that. You know, for sure, we want to make sure that the audio is top quality. If we're recording video, top quality. But things happen, and I think one of the beautiful things about podcasts is that sort of the personal element of it is is that when something does go wrong or when the audio isn't perfect, the audience understands. Um, but what 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 we'll always do is set up some context for why the audio isn't perfect. So if you're in an airport in the middle of you know Manila, and you're traveling. Um, Say that. Say I'm 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 on the road. I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm traveling. Or if we're you know if we're if we're doing an interview and we're adding it to an episode and we don't get an opportunity to get 
that person in front of a microphone in a in a studio or a hotel room or wherever we'll say we you know we had the opportunity to catch up with so and so in the back of a taxi in mumbai it's real life maybe yeah it's real life it's real life you know that's the great thing and fuck about the flexibility of everything is is um and that's one of the things i love about podcasts is it's it's it can be as polished as you want it to be and the audience will appreciate that but also the audience wants to have humans behind the stories first and Absolutely. And I think on the other side of the coin, actually, audiences won't appreciate that. That's just what's expected. Mm-hmm. And when it deviates mm-hmm. from the norm, if the picture quality is like really, really good, it's like, hey, wait a minute, that's kind of cool. Or if it's really yeah. bad, it's like, that sucks. So yeah. let's talk hard, about- Hard to listen or hard to watch. Yeah. What is the distinction between radio and podcasts? Uh, like to me, podcasts is just another form of radio that is portable. So your read on it. Is mm-hmm. it the same thing? Is it totally different? Well, first of all, you know, nine times out of ten, a podcast is not live. Uh, it's 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 recorded and edited, uh, which is something you don't get as much with radio. I mean, more and more these days, you do see radio being a little bit more uh, scripted and recorded, mm-hmm. and and but it's not it's not. So it's not when live. we do, it's not live, and and so that allows us the ability to incorporate a little, incorporate a little bit more audio, you know, audio texture. Let's call it and be a little bit more um, mindful of how the conversation is sort of stitched together. But you nailed it. The biggest piece is, is that, you know, podcasts are, um, are uh, uh, mostly portable, although with the pandemic, we've seen a lot more, you know, desktop usage and things like that. The biggest thing though, is that any podcast you're listening to, you're listening to the RSS feed of that podcast. Mm -hmm. And what, what what RSS stands for is real, real simple syndication. And essentially, I mean, you know, one way to look at it is that you're subscribing to a feed, and anytime new content is added to that feed, it's automatically being pushed to you. So that's something you don't get with radio. Radio is a very much, you know, sort of appointment style um, listening. Now, sometimes you'll listen to an old episode of a radio uh, broadcast, but then the question becomes: at that point, does it become a podcast? Yeah. Uh, so Only there's the there's shadow knows. There's definitely a blending of the two, and I think that's great. Um, you know, good audio quality is good audio quality, and I, I even to this day will listen to some stuff on the radio, especially if it's you know live sports or mm-hmm. anything that has that timeliness to it. Um, but generally, a podcast doesn't have that timeliness to it, um, and so it allows you to just be a little bit more mindful of that. Brilliant. So one of the interesting things that I notice is that you've got some hosts mm-hmm. like their mandate to be smart. And uh, maybe a better host is it's my mandate to make the guests look smart. And so how do you do that? How do you do both? Yeah. How do I make myself more important than you? Uh, What does that (laughs) sound like? And what's that like? And more importantly, how do I shine the spotlight on my guest? Mm -hmm. Thoughts on that? Well, again, you know, the, the the number one thing you should be doing as a podcaster is uh, doing what's right for the listener. So and and you're not you're not going to really know until you either have done your research or you've talked to that audience or you've done some episodes and learned from them. So um, most of the time, you're a host who is advocating on behalf of the listener, and mm-hmm. so you're sort of the the uh, the proxy the that asks the, the questions. The, you're the quarterback of the conversation. You know, you're you're making sure that the right 
information is being drawn out of the guests. You're, you're, you know, if something is perhaps needing a little bit more of an explanation or a deep dive, again, you're thinking about what would the audience need at this point. You're drawing that out of the uh, out of the out of the guest. You're bringing that to the to the fore so that the audience is able to learn from it. Now, some guests, or sorry, some hosts have a background which is worthy of a lot more focus on them. You know, John Stackhouse, who's the host of RBC's uh, Disruptors podcast, um, is an incredible mind and thought leader when it comes to uh, economy, Canadian economy. Um, very few people know more about him. He's written a lot of books on the topic. He understands the ins and outs of, of Canadians and the Canadian economy. So it only makes sense that he's also providing his point of view on it. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, if it's a more sort of like celebrity driven type show where there's more of like an entertainment aspect, yes, you're going to get great content from the guests, but if your host is a comedian, they're also going to be funny. And that's also going to be entertaining for the, for the audience as well. So again, it very much goes back to what's right for the, for the audience. And then you deliver it that way. Brilliant. So as you bring on new clients, mm-hmm. for some of them thought of podcasting, very scary. Yeah. So I'm going to cue them up here. Then we'll take them one by one. Mm-hmm. Two is they need to learn the craft of being a good host. Mm-hmm. And Three, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it really fall? Like if you did a podcast episode and nobody heard it. Uh, so how do we get audience? So number one, the fear. Number two, the skills. Number three, the expansion of your uh, listener base. Yeah. So going going to the fear side of things, you know, at the at at the you know at the um, the most naked form of what we're doing is is telling great stories and delivering great content to listener. Now, how we deliver that is going to be up to a, a, a collaborative effort of, of, of my team and the client. And clients can be as involved or as little involved as possible. Um, but you know, similar to writing a blog post or producing a newsletter or putting social content out there, it's going to come down to sort of uh, what are we trying to accomplish and, and how do we want to accomplish it. And, and so we have a really strong program. It's an eight-step program that we apply to not only the show, but every episode as well. So clients are tapping into us as a service. Um, we're working on everything from the concept to the podcast, all the research that goes behind it, to finding the right host, finding and booking all the right guests, pre-interviewing those guests, writing all the proper question lines for the actual interview, recording the interview, editing the interview, applying music and sound effects and, and, and editing properly. And then the full marketing side of that uh, as, as well. Um, your, se- your second question around sort of the, the host, honestly, nine times out of 10, we will recommend that the host does not come from the companies that we're working with uh, for a couple of reasons. One is Generally, people are way too busy to be also hosting not, a podcast. Yeah. Uh, the bigger reason, though, is is that you're going to be too close to the brand, and nobody really wants to listen to a, a 30 minute advertisement. Mm-hmm. They want to listen to great content that happens to be created by a brand. And we find that if the host is coming from the organization, it's as much as they're going to try not to. It's just going to stray way too close to the brand. So we actually recommend finding an outside host, and that outside host can be a professional host that we find and hire. Uh, the host could be um, 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 you know, somebody tangential to the business. Maybe it's a customer. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. you know or, or a host could be somebody who is maybe like a journalist or somebody who comes from a bit more of a media background. And that's really important because you know, they're going to 
already come to the table skilled in proper interviewing. They're going to be skilled in how to not make the conversation boring or too much about the brand or about themselves. They're going to come with those skills. That being said, if we've you know, kind of push back on a client and they just are adamant that it has to be somebody from their organization, we will work with that person to train them properly on how to conduct an interview, um, how to ask the right questions, leave, a much, leave enough of a pause for the, for the interviewer to respond, or sorry, for the guest give to respond. Yeah. yeah, give themselves a, you know, give themselves a bit of um, a crash course on how to have a, how to, how to have a great, you know, interview. Um, and, and I, I'm sorry, I forgot your third, your third question is <laughs> marketing. So you create the podcast. So you've yeah. got a client, you've got a podcast and okay. how do you get a listenership for it? Yeah. So we'll, let's say you're we'll, starting from scratch. Let's, let's yeah. get a brand that exists. Let's do a three part here. I'm going to put you on the spot. One is starting from scratch, no client base, no email list. Number two would be somebody that's got a, you know, a decent social media presence Mm-hmm. And then somebody giant like a uh, tide or uh, yeah. something like that. So in the first case, um, you know, they, they have no audience, but they have an idea of who their audience is or who they, who their target audience they want to be. Let's say realtors, let's say they're picking realtors. Yeah. So where do realtors, where, where do realtors hang out online? Are they on, are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? Are they Tinder, on Facebook? I yeah. I mean, so you do that research and you figure out where they are and then you share the content with them in those spaces. Um, you know, you can do that organically, or you can do that through through paid. Um, there's also, you know, the beautiful thing which I would apply to sort of all three of your scenarios is that the podcast world is very much is a very friendly world, but also works very much organically with each other. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we increase audience size is to f- kind of do the research and figure out what other podcasts would real estate agents be listening to. Once you figure out who those other, what those other podcasts are, you do the legwork and figure out who owns those shows. Most of them have email addresses or contact ways to contact them. And you reach out to them and you say, hey, we've got this podcast. It's going to have this sort of audience in mind. You have a similar audience that you're trying to reach as well. Let's figure out a way to work together and Smart. essentially you, you barter audience. You barter your, you know, you barter ways to share each other's audiences. And, the, and when I say share audiences, there's numbers of ways of doing that. You could give them an episode of your podcast, which they include in their feed as like a bonus episode that is, you know, f- goes out to their audience. You could say, hey, I'd love to come on your show as a guest in exchange for you coming on my show as a guest. Um, th- you know, I-, I could do an ad for your podcast in my newsletter in exchange for you doing the same thing. You know, there's a number of different, different ways of doing it. Um, when it comes yeah. to like, you know, a client that has a, a, a social audience already, you're going to want to share the podcast with that social audience. And then keep in mind that I think podcasters get really focused on sort of the next episode, the next episode, the next episodes. Don't forget that those episodes are now banked and you can go back and share them again. There's nothing yeah. stopping you from sharing older content. Nobody's um, going to go, wait a minute. That was yeah. episode 14. What the hell's going on here? And, and, you know, call it out, say, Hey, you know, the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tax season and this episode is still a really great primer on, you know, how to prep your accountant for tax season. You know, you're going to want to listen to this. So share some old stuff. Um, you know, it's very, very similar to other forms of content. So, you know, what works for you, you know, what works for clients are, are, are going to be unique. So, you know, every, every episode has a, a link and you can share that link however, and how many times and wherever you, wherever you want. And then when it comes to like a, a client, like a Tide, again, 
what's the what's the audience? Where do they live? Where are they hanging out online? What sort of content are they consuming already? What sort of budget do you have? We'll then develop a full plan on launching the show. I think the bigger the biggest thing though that um, some of the bigger brands have as an advantage though is a larger marketing ecosystem. Right. And how can the podcast live within that? How can the podcast, you know, live as a piece of of content that can cross promote? Like you know, I mentioned RBC earlier. Like in, in an episode of disruptors will sometimes insert a little ad, making sure that people go to the website to download their latest jobs report, or, um, you know, they, they do a lot of reports on, you know, uh, you know, women in the workforce or, or there's all sorts of other things that a podcast can point, you know, point your audience to nice. And then vice versa, you know, they've got newsletters, they've got huge LinkedIn followings. They've got, uh, events that they do live that can point people to the podcast. Brilliant. So your advice for somebody stepping into the podcasting world, what would be the two, three things you'd invite them to do right out of the gate? Be crystal clear on who your audience is. Um, or sorry, even before so, be crystal clear on why do you want a podcast? What's the, mm-hmm. what's the objective of the podcast? Who's the audience you're trying to reach? And what do you want them to think, feel, and do with the show? Um, once you're really clear on that, everything becomes a lot more easier because you're essentially telling us telling stories or 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 providing value that's gonna um benefit you know who that audience who that audience is brilliant so for people listening to this that want to get on to podcasts as guests what's a good way to pitch a show yeah you know again being really crystal clear on who you are as a business you know as a business professional or perhaps you're a, a creative or an artist of some sort um, be really clear on who you are what sort of value you're going to be able to provide to the listener of that show so you're going to want to do some research and say to that show hey i've noticed you talk about you know real estate well i happen to be um, skilled in you know um, marketing analytics and I know that's something that your listeners might be really interested in, you know, being that a lot of digital advertising is done in the real estate world. Um, I would love to come on your show and, and talk about it. Here's some of the things that we, that we can talk about. Here's maybe five things that we can touch on. Um, plus I'm open to talk about whatever you, you know, whatever you want. Here's my Calendly link so that it's super easy to actually just book something mm-hmm. with you right then and there. Maybe include a headshot, maybe include a bit of more of an in-depth bio as an attachment. Nice. And just kind of um, sell yourself. It's 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 kind of similar to applying for a job. Um, you know, showing them why you're the right fit, and and but also doing your homework so that it's clear that you know what they do and and what sort of a, a show they have. Brilliant. So, what do you do if you get a guest who's kind of lame? Mm-hmm. So you bring them on and they, on paper, they look great, but they come on and it's just a dreadful episode that you can, don't want to taint your brand. So what's a good way of politely not airing it? Well, so we would actually avoid getting to the point where we politely don't air it. So, I mean, we're, we're lucky enough that we have the manpower and the, the budget with the client where we actually pre-interview all of our oh, guests. Smart. So we'll, we'll set up a little 15 minute conversation. Our producer will contact them. They'll just get to know each other and have a conversation. They'll ask some questions, 
at that point, you're going to know whether they're going to be a, an interesting interview or not. And if they're not, we'll then go to our client and say, listen, I just don't think this is going to be a, a good use of anybody's time. And then we'll contact them and, and, and you know, gently say, thank you, but we're actually going to go in a bit of a di- different direction. Very rarely do we ever record something or go to the trouble of recording something um, and then not using it. Usually if we do that, it's for some other reason, like you know, there's a bit of a brand safety issue because that person's maybe done something or said something, but I can't even think of any scenario where that's actually happened. Um, so it's, it's always kind of best, but we're, but we're, we're, um, we're lucky enough to have that infrastructure in place and manpower. If you're just a, you know, if you're just a one man, you know, operation, then I think it's just being open and honest and, and saying, you know, listen, I, you know, I really appreciated our time together. Um, but you know, we're not going to go forward with the, with, you know, with using the, the interview, um, because, you know, it just, it, you know, I just don't think it's, it's good for you or us. Um, just being open and honest is, is the best, best way to do nice. it. And I think that thing, uh, doing the pre-interview just makes perfect sense. Even if you're a one man show, because it uh, builds a relationship with the person, there's a level of comfort. You can yeah. figure out, you know, is there something you want me to, like before we started this interview, I had asked, even though we've not done a pre-interview, I asked you, you know, hey, is there anything you want me to tee up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You? And you said, oh, yeah, do this. So I think uh, that's just a good manners and good radio. The other thing, too, Amar, is that when we do a pre-interview, we're taking notes and we're being really mindful of where some great opportunities for further conversation are. And then what we're doing is we're taking those notes and providing it to our host. So the host doesn't typically do the pre-interview. Um, it will be our producer, but we're providing those notes to the, to the, um, to the host. And we never script our conversations going into an interview. We never, you know, we never do anything sort of, you know, by the, by the script. It's always, it's always just copy notes or just script notes because we want the conversation to be natural. But we'll include those key points. We'll say, hey, you know, make sure you talk about the time that they went to Antarctica and right. got, you know, and 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 got, you know, face to face with the polar bear. Um, and we'll include that in the in the in the in the pre interview. So we'll we'll include that in the um, in the script, which are actually just interview notes, to make sure that those are things that are asked in the conversation. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, Roger, how many people in your organization? So there's 18 full-time and about 47 contractors, but that will change on a dime in any second. You know, we, uh, we're, we, you know, we've got incredible people. We built the company very similar to a creative agency. I came from the advertising world. I I worked for many years in at DDB and then Cossette and and other big agencies. And so we wanted to provide, um, you know, great creative, uh, well-produced, you know, incredibly well-produced. So, we've got a creative team. We've, you know, our creative team consists of, of producers, writers, as well as audio recordists and editors. We, they then get sort of managed by our project leads, which are fancy ways of saying project, project managers um, who manage the timeline, the budget, you know, making sure all the assets are, are controlled and clients aware of what's going on and, and, and things like that, keeping, keeping everybody, you know, keeping the ball moving down the field. That's all, um, supported by a client service team who's responsible for making sure nice. that the, the client is happy. Um, and then kind of off to the side of that, we've got a full marketing team who are marketing the podcast that we're creating. Um, we're doing media buying, we're doing PR, we're doing artwork. Um, and, and so we build our project teams very much based on 
you know, the client, the size of the project, um, complexity, because, you know, we could do a one-on-one interview or we could do a panel style podcast, or we could do sort of a, a, a nonfiction sort of narrative style show, or we, you know, documentary style. So it's very, very dependent. We're, we're bespoke and we don't do anything kind of off the shelf. It's, it's all kind of custom to what uh, is right for the audience. Brilliant. So last two questions before we part company. Uh, number one, Roger, what makes you happy? Oh my God. Right now, um, right now, I, th- I think, well, I mean, my family makes me happy and seeing my son grow, uh, Cooper's, Cooper's four. Um, I think the, the happiness comes from the, from being or feeling just fulfilled and, you know, human connection. Right. Um, it's, it's a struggle though, because you, you know, I find myself constantly chasing the next thing. And so, that fulfillment thing is, is, is always sort of fleeting. Um, but generally it's, 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 uh, it's, it's reaching my goals and, and, uh, doing the things that I, that I set out to do. Um, but also taking the time to recognize what I'm grateful for and the, the things that I've accomplished. Brilliant. I just did a webinar for, uh, the Institute for sales and excellence. It was 25 ways to be more confident. And a Mm. couple of the ways, one was, celebrate small wins mm-hmm. and all too often we're looking at big goals and it's like as soon as i get there then it's it's never as great as we thought it would be but those small yeah. wins along the way just put you in the right mindset so that's tip number 27 i know but- there's a there, there's a really um uh i don't know if it's a famous quote but there's a there's a, a sort of buddhist monk online that i once saw and he said uh, you want to go to sleep in a sea of of your accomplishments Oh, I love that. Um, and it's just sort of like thinking about all the little things that you've done throughout the day. I love that. That's actually really good. Like the smartest thing you sent. It wasn't even you, but thanks for sharing. I got more of those. <laughs> Second one is what is a mind hack or a tip you could share with people that would make them more productive at work, at home, at play, in love? So go out and get this book. I've read it. It's called The One Thing. Um, and Gary it's really Keller? simple. It, yeah. Gary Keller. Um, it's really simple because its whole premise is to focus on that one thing. And we all know what it is for me. It's going to the gym. Um, you know, you do that one thing whereby everything else in your day or your life or business or whatever becomes either unnecessary or, or easier, much easier. And for me, it's, it's going to the gym, it's getting up, it's getting the energy going and my brain starts working and I find myself just a little bit more focused and, you know, all those sorts of things. So for me, that's, I, I read it probably 10 years ago and um, it's worth for sure reading. changed my life. Oh, you know, it's awesome. I read it every year. Thanks for sharing that, Roger. Thanks for a delightful time. Uh, let's take a look. That was like uh, 32 minutes went Perfect. by like that. Thanks Good for length. being on the show and looking forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 